0: This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guests, we got Jonah and Elliot from the Heartland Group. How's it going, guys?
1: Hey, what's up, Paul?
0: Excited to be on. Yeah, appreciate you guys coming on. Um, So let's just go back. Um, I know we already work together, so we kind of know each other. Um, but like, tell me a little bit about both of your backgrounds and then how you guys kind of got started in like media and sports and marketing and all that, because you guys do everything.
1: Yeah, I could start, um, you know, and, and it's, it's good to do it this way because our lives are intertwined for better or worse. Um, Elliot and I, uh, I've been working together for quite some time. Um, I started in sports radio, actually, coming out of college um, I, in, in Kansas City. I worked at 610 Sports. Uh, both on the mic, behind the mic, doing some producer work, and then uh, went to the Minnesota Timberwolves to start running digital there. This is before Twitter, so I'm gonna age myself right now. And uh, And then after about three years in Minnesota, made the leap to Madison Square Garden and worked for the New York Knicks and ran the digital department, traveled with the team, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, kind of doing, Doing it all there and and it was blast um had a lot of fun took a lot of years off my life but uh some great learning lessons there and, and some really good opportunities to to learn digital and how to bring that to the fans and obviously we're seeing all of that explode now and while i was there um you know looking for original content trying to always think outside the box discovered elliot um on twitter i believe and we connected and then we started collaborating and we just had this sort of kind of magical experience where we could, whatever was in my head, as far as design and creation, that there's no way I could even put pen to paper or on a, even in the Adobe suite, Elliot found a way to bring that to life. And we we quickly sort of gelled in that way and created a ton of content for about three years. And um, when I decided to kind of make the jump outside of Madison Square Garden to do something a little different. Um, I picked Elliot's brain, we had a discussion, he said, you got to come join me at this marketing agency I'm at. And uh, there was sort of a startup within a bigger, larger experiential agency, which excited me and the opportunities and again, for Elliot and I to work together. And our boss at the time was Keith Steckler. And he is uh, our third partner at Heartlink Group now. So we we formed a, a, you know, a trio there uh, with some really good chemistry. And we all brought different skill sets to the table. And um you know now we're at heartland group well with our own digital content agency or we'll just take your your slogan and say we do it all i like that <laughs> one um but yeah that's that's a little bit of sort of the trajectory and elliot um you know you can fill in the holes with your experience
2: For sure yeah i'm gonna put that we're gonna put that big on the site we do it all we'll <laughs> um yeah no uh I, I you know that story always uh I love that story because I think, you know, I, I love to build relationships with clients and and obviously for better or worse, uh, I felt a good one with Jonah, um, I think some days. Um, but uh, so yeah, you know, it, it's, I've, I've had a, a long road. I went to Pratt for uh, design and, and masters. And, and from there, I kind of like bounced around. I was at like a really small agency. Um, I worked in as a designer in finance, which was, I wanted to shoot myself every day. Um, and, uh, and then I worked for a gaming industry, which was really fun. And, and that, and there it was called Turtle Beach. We actually started working with, you know, e-, e teams and actual players. Like we did custom headsets for, um, Des Bryant and, uh, who else? Um, uh, oh, Dwight Howard and some other players and stuff like that and that that's kind of like where I started doing that stuff um and then you know I was just passionate about the Knicks and, and that's where Jonah found me but at the time I had started doing stuff with ESPN as well on the side um and you know they were giving me projects where it's was like hey it's four o'clock can you finish a illustration for us by um you know end of the Eastern Conference playoff game which probably ends like 7 30 or no, not 7 30 that starts at 7 30 or 8 you know um so I would finish stuff in like six hours and that's why they kept on coming back to me. Um, and, uh, and yeah, no, that was, you know, that really started a whole adventure where I had my own company as well as working for marketing. Um, you know, I went to a marketing streaming agency after that, uh, after turtle beach, um, and, uh, and then ended up at, at a larger agency MKTG where I convinced uh, Jonah to come with me. I think like some of my claim to fame and I think my story, um, it's interesting, including Renee, is a lot of athletes have found me on social. Um, you know, uh, Renee being one of the most awesome experiences, you know, she found me through the Rock the Vote stuff uh, mm-hmm. that we did together. Um, but like, you know, one that story I probably tell too much is, you know, LeBron James found my artwork that I did for Fan on this small blog. Uh, I still, I still want to know how it happened. Um, <laughs> But he found it and he ended up using it to go zero to 30 in 2017. And that was pretty awesome because I ended up working with the Cavs. I made a mural. Um, And then recently, uh, James Harden found my work uh, that I did with a Haitian artist. It was a collaboration. Uh, And they ended up making a a basketball court in Haiti for it, which was awesome because it was like for a good cause. It was like for the community, um, you know, so that a lot of these kids can live their dream like, uh, or, you know, trained to, to become a basketball player just like Harden. um so yeah it, it's been it's been cool to see that athletes have recognized what i've done and, and the energy i bring to my creativity um so you know uh that's why we also love working with you guys
0: yeah no for sure yeah that's why it's like the power of social media is like crazy and i think still people underestimate it to this day and it's like i it's just weird to me that people still yep. Like I, I work with athletes all the time and I'm like, no, you got to be on all three of these platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, now TikTok too. So like, I'm like, you got to yeah. be on it. Cause you never know what happened. Like yeah. son, like I do it all the time. I'm sure you guys do it. And you post it, you post it all three or four places and then you get one interaction that might be w- completely different than on one other platform.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And you never know. Right. There's, yeah. that's what I always tell Elliot, like the engagement sometimes, you know, is detrimental to the overall potential opportunity. You know, it isn't just something that you look at for less and engagement. All these things are nice, but sometimes that can mess with people, men, and it's not necessarily beneficial to what you going to accomplish. But there's always that chance that that person to find Elliot Gerard's work in New York while he's in Cleveland or L.A. or with the Miami Heat. It's most likely not going to happen. And this is what's kind of awesome about social media and the power of it. And we're still in the infancy stages of it. And I think that's why at times there's a lot of um, skepticism around the platforms and and the power of it. But our company now, I mean, the reason why we've been able to succeed so fast is to be able to showcase the work on social media platforms and also strategically work um, the platforms to our advantage and, and places where we can reach people that would need that type of content. So um, I think it's it's an amazing, powerful tool. And I have learned so much. You know, I, I look at it and view it through the lens of, of use, using it as a tool, especially Twitter. And I've learned so much from people. I've connected with people. I've been able to make friends and colleagues and, and partnerships like Elliot. Like this is a lifelong friendship and partnership that we have just because we met on Twitter. I mean, that is a crazy thing if you think about it. Yeah. So it really is powerful. And um I, and I'm glad that, Paul, you embrace it as well and, and continue to push, you know, athletes to, to use it. Because I think it's going to be less and less about like how the athlete is just like, hey, look at my cool highlights or, yeah. you know, going on and and you know maybe having some commentary to to his fan base and and more about another way to potentially be lucrative and to get business and to bring some more money into their pockets and also brand themselves they can own their own platforms now which is which is very exciting
2: and just uh sorry i don't mean to jump in um paul if you have a question i can uh i I can jump in afterwards
0: no no keep on going
2: well, I just think you know, you you talk about how it's an in infancy, uh, infancy, and um, you know, I think that it's it's actually going to an infinite place with with metaverse coming in and NFTs, and it's all starting to mix together. And um, you know, not the plug what we did, but our, our creating the first uh, female athlete NFT series was was uh, you know our claim uh, one of our claims to fame. Um, but like the idea of it, you don't even know where it's going to go. It's so interesting to see how this is connecting to so many different things. Um, and, and helping artists in so many different ways to make more money as well as athletes um it just seems like it's gonna maybe i don't know if it's in its adolescent phase yet but it seems like it's about to hit this new peak that that um or, or maybe it's doing it every day but uh i don't know it seems like something's gonna explode it already is but almost like the next chapter is about to start i feel yeah. like
0: yeah no definitely like i feel yeah like even obviously like through corona like it was like normal stuff like regular like I guess you'd say this web two stuff and now like everything's like changing again like right I feel like like currently and it's pretty interesting but it's do- like it's dope too because like you said like like even probably for you Elias being an artist just like more people are like appreciating art and I've seen like artists now that were like quote unquote starving artists and now they're like millionaires because of nfts and it's like insane. <laughs> It's like insane. Like I don't even like at first I couldn't wrap my head around. I remember we had the conversation last year and we didn't really know what we were doing, but we knew it was dope. And, uh, and now it's like, now it's like kind of, I wouldn't say mainstream, but it's getting there. It's like, I think the stat is still like, I think four, 4% of Americans own NFTs right now. So wow, super early. Still. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: That's actually surprising. I, I didn't think it would be that high. And also it's, it's ever evolving. That's, that's what I love about it, right? Like every day is, is something different in the space, you know, with TV, radio, newspapers, probably expanded it as much as it possibly could be. Um, And there's this new medium, these new mediums in which you can create content and connect with fans. Um, The way I look at NFTs is a little bit different than I think some, some people may view them as, as far as like, Hey, I put my, a piece of content um, or artwork or whatever it is, and it's sold on an auction, I think there's a utility to it. Um, I think that is going to be the next step in really connecting fans to experiences that they wouldn't get anywhere else. And also, hey, we've been doing this for years in marketing, right? Like the first 1,500 fans that step in an arena get a poster. It's the same thing, except now you get a digital collectible that you can showcase to your friends, your family, and then also sell it. So I just think Once we get past the stage of skepticism, which always occurs, it happened with the with the internet, right? It happened with email, it happened with social media. Yeah. So it's like, once we get past that, and everybody's, you know, says their, their, their opinion on it, and we move past, uh, you know, the skepticism era, we'll get to the point where I think people will start to see it as a utility. And that's when it's going to get really interesting.
0: Yeah, I think that's what people aren't seeing yet. It's almost like the same stuff we already been doing It's just in a different form.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's hard though, right? Like I yeah. I was just having a conversation with my parents the other day about, you know, I'm the last generation that had the internet and didn't have the internet.
2: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, experiencing both of those, like, you know, Elliot's kids only know the internet. That's the only thing they know. Yeah. They don't know a pre-world that existed without it. So we're in this weird shift that yeah. um, I think is going to take a little bit. Uh, but then the younger kids are going to be the ones making the decisions and they're going to come up with the internet and they're going to come up with NFTs and they're going to come up with Web 3.0 and Metaverse or whatever happens next. So that's really what's going to define the next level of creation, in my opinion.
2: I think in a weird way, like NFTs are like taking the the social, taking social media and making it tangible. Even though it's not tangible, it is tangible, if that makes sense. Because yeah. like you're saying, instead of getting a poster, you're getting an NFT and, yeah. and you can place it and you can share it and it's yours and your avatar can be, you know, cu- customized to a certain shape so that you know that it's an NFT. So I just feel like there's like, it's becoming a physical form. And then obviously you talk about the metaverse and then it becomes like a 3D physical form. Yeah. So everything's, you know, and, and then like just being able to, you know, have 3D printers so that you could take a digital piece and make it a, a tangible piece itself. So it's it's all kind of, melding together in some weird i don't know almost like a a, um jackson pollock painting where everything's splattering on the wall but
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um. like i like physical things but now like when i think about it i'm like okay like now i don't have to physically like obviously memorabilia is dope and stuff but like if i have ticket stubs like in my wallet it's like that's even doper because you could just like show everybody like or share it like just like what you were just saying
1: it's a keepsake right yeah. like it's funny my grandpa collected stamps did yeah. <laughs> did his dad laugh at him and be like you idiot why did you i'm sure he probably did but you know what i mean like people collected beanie babies yeah. you know and Pongs, and, <laughs> and all these kinds of weird things right those they're, they're it means listen i always i thought about this today it, you know it's i'm a very much on the market always dictates the value of anything right if there's a market value for it then somebody's willing to pay a price for it then that's what it's worth and I think there is things that mean something to certain people in a certain moment. I've been to sporting events that w- really wouldn't mean anything to anybody else, but me and my friends that were at it because it was special in, in that way. And to have a shared experience of an NFT or a collectible that we all could have and, and sort of part of your memories and everything going digital, I think there's a lot there to it. And then if you can unlock you know, the experience you could have with an athlete, you know, like if you could uh, if you got one of those NFTs that Renee was selling, and then that unlocked, you know, a chance to to go to an Atlanta Hawks game and and join her on a broadcast or shadow her for a day or whatever it is, you know, like that, that could be super meaningful to a person. Then it takes it to a whole nother level of of memories, right? That you can generate. So um, I think we're getting there. I think, and also the barrier for entry, right, in crypto has made it difficult for some people to wrap their heads around, and yeah. and now that you can buy with dollars and it's it's less of a a barrier to entry i think they're going to be more people who are are adopting to it and getting into it
0: yeah yeah for sure and i know all right so you guys work with a whole bunch of different companies and people and athletes and everything and celebrities um over the past couple years and i know you won a lot of different awards but like what what have been your guys's like kind of like top projects that you worked on and then what like what kind of projects are you guys um working on now
2: Well, this one behind me, you know, Rock the Vote. (laughs) I'm also very passionate about politics and about voting rights. So, you know, the fact that so many athletes, including Renee, um, just, just like were so involved and so excited to be a part of this, you know, we, Rock the Vote came to me and they were like, hey, can you do like 10 to 15? And I'm like, what if we did 50? We did 50, we had like a mural and we put it up on Turner because Turner was involved. Um, and it exploded to 400. Yeah. You know, I mean, Let me,
1: can I, Elliot, can I jump in real quick? Let me just explain what it is because I don't think everybody listening here knows what the hell you're talking about. Well, it's behind, so you, yeah, I know, but let's pretend everybody listening on a podcast, which we're on. Um, so Rock the Vote came to Elliot with an idea that basically they wanted a, a large campaign to get celebrities mainly athletes involved in promoting and in, encouraging people to ex- exercise their right to vote right get out and vote we know that in the last election it was record numbers and we believe this was a large part of it so elliot was originally scoped to only you know how many was it 10 design 15, how many but
2: then i pushed
1: 10 to fifty, yeah. and then he and they pushed it and ended up doing 400 custom graphics um that really showcase the story of each athlete celebrity through icons it's very visually appealing and then all these celebrities athletes influencers posted the graphic with the call to action to go out exercise your votes right well the design also was
2: was a big check mark on their face like across their faces and what it was saying was like i'm a voter i'm also all these other things It, it talked about their their careers it talked about what their passions were it talked about the causes they did like elena del don and um uh, all the causes that she's a part of, uh, like, I'm, I'm blanking on, on what they are, but, um, but yeah, so, so I really wanted to capture them as a person and say, like, we're all people, and we're all voters, and we all matter. Um, and, and I think that a lot of people understood that in that, in the Hooper space, but then it actually expanded into um, uh, kick off the Vote, which was a week before voting started and it was for NFL. I mean, we literally worked with almost every player's association on this. We worked with the WMBPA, the NBPA, the NFLPA, the retired National Basketball Players Association, um, all because people just got so excited. And, you know, obviously it was during an election year and everything. We ended up working with the Biden campaign separately, which maybe, uh, you know, maybe that's a little biased, uh, but you know, cause voting's supposed to be for everyone, but um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was, just from a personal standpoint, from winning fourteen awards, from the connections we made, um, you know, we've we've worked with almost all that we've worked with athletes. We've worked with these players' associations since, um, and uh, you know, really put us on the map uh, was one of our first projects when we launched Heartland. And Heartland means heart and talent, and I put my whole heart because I believe in this into this project. And it showed, and I think that that's why we've, part of the reason we've done so well in this year is because it showed the passion we have and how we'll take a 15, a scope of 15 and make them 400 and then add on AR filters and build a brand, you know, cause we built brands for both Hooper's vote and kick off the bro- vote. And there were like logos and all that <laughs> starting from 15 illustrations. So, um, you know, that's, uh, I think that's my favorite.
0: How about you, Ellie? I mean How about Back. you, Jonah? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean that one obviously was was a big one and, and it meant a lot to the company. Right now, we're working on we're actually actually about to wrap it up a uh, campaign with the NFLPA, and again, a lot of these projects that we'll be talking about today have a very similar feel in the sense that there is a component of it of either community activation or donations or or money going to a foundation or celebrating athletes that do more. And I've always thought with my time working with the Timberwolves and the Knicks and you get a different perspective and Paul, you would know this very well too. When you are in day-to-day conversations with athletes or working with them, you, you understand these are human beings. And I don't know if a lot of fans have that feeling towards them and listen, because of fandom, you know, sports are exploding. Everybody's making a lot of money. I understand that, but I, and they just think because a player X makes a certain amount of money that you can treat them or that they can't make mistakes and recover or or they go through the same trials and tribulations that we all do as people and they're doing it at a very young age and it's very difficult so i gained a ton of perspective working for the teams when i started traveling and getting to know the players on a different level seeing their lives seeing the injuries that they have to go through and the the toll that the sport takes on their bodies and yes there's a lot of money there and that's why they get paid but that segues into, you know, this project with the NFLPA, and they have a community MVP award that goes out every week that celebrates one of these players and what they do in their communities. And again, it's not exhaustive. So there's players doing, and they do do this on the NFLPA channels where they celebrate a lot of the community work, but it's really important because I think you get a sense of how much these players do do in their communities and how important they are to that community as a spokesman, as somebody who has money, has influence. So for us, we, we pitched the NFL PA um, to do a campaign with them. And uh, the, the, the idea behind it was that every player is a superhero. We were gonna create sort of a, a toy box that you would really think this is an actual Marvel toy that was in the box. And we did the packaging around it. And it looks very realistic. We nailed the likeness of the players and the NFL PA loved it. It gave it a cohesive, comprehensive look throughout the season. And we got some surprises
0: uh, coming out in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. I'm
2: going to show sure you where this idea came from.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are those dope. I, I've been seeing them. Wait, did you guys do it last year too? Or was it just this year?
1: No, we didn't. So this... Yeah, this was the first year, and we really, we really wanted to do something special. Yeah, and Elliot's showing a package now of of uh, Captain so, America, in the so, box, right on each side. Yeah. So the the Ooh. cover has like the the athlete, and then yeah. on the the sides of the box actually has sort of the details and information about what they did in the community. And it was really challenging, right, Elliot? Like to find the superhero that matched kind of what they were doing and dropping. It. And and by the that way, a peek behind the curtain we had to turn this thing around within like 48 hours. Yeah. So it, it was a, it was a lot of work. It was tremendously rewarding to see the reaction from the NFL PA, see the reaction to the players, the five finalists for the Allen Page award uh, got announced and the winner is going to be announced soon, I believe on February 9th. And uh, we have a surprise for that winner coming. So stay tuned to uh Heartland group oh, on our social channels. Podcast. And we'll- we can't
2: say on this podcast. Oh, I'm so well, there's,
1: there's going gonna- to be a, there's going to be a cool thing for, for the winner. And, and, you know, again, this goes back to our whole philosophy of, yes, we want to create cool shit. At the end of the day, that's our objective, but it's always a bonus when you can celebrate what athletes are doing in the community. And it kind of goes back to my original statement. So yeah, this has been one of the, the fun ones and working with an organization like the NFL, uh, NFLPA and the NFL has been, has been pretty awesome. Well, can
2: I just uh, expand upon that? So, so the, what happened was they wanted like a comic book look. And we were like, that's great, but that's been done a million times. And I, I came back and I was talking to Joan about it. And I'm like, when I was at Turtle Beach, we made these superhero headsets and we told the story behind the, the, the you know, character um, or the movie that it was part of and also the headset itself. Um, so I was like, well, what if we tell their story with this side thing? And it's like, that's what Jonah and I are so good at. We always want to find a visual way to tell the story you know these as well um if you look at an image and it's and it doesn't tell a story to me then you've you lost you lost me you you gotta find a narrative with with the images um what we did for the podcast you know we always wanted to tell some kind of story or her nfts um we're telling her story of her career with with visuals
0: yeah Um, no for sure yeah well I mean you guys could say because I'm not gonna be released until after February 9th, if you want to. Yeah,
1: well, it's gonna be a physical a physical right, figure. That's what I thought. And, that's what I, I figured. That's, that's, yeah, that's, I mean it's it's, it's not a a huge surprise. <laughs>
2: before that. Before that, we're making a 3D store where it, you go into the store, you see the aisles with all the toys, and then you go down, and then there's a there's a um you know a shelf that's hidden, and then the shelf's gonna go up and it's gonna release the um the the toy but you have to see this toy store it we got a 3d artist to do it and it like it looks like a picture of a real store it is insane this guy is amazing
1: and we have to say too and and again it's not just because we're on your podcast but the the work we did with renee and you um you know we did an illustration and animation every week for the episode getting to highlight some of the amazing guests that you guys have on the podcast and uh that was amazing too because again the exposure we talk about social media you guys tagged us you celebrated us on social and we had a really great working relationship and to to showcase what you can do with a podcast and the content that comes out of it has always been something that we've been passionate about too so the work we did with you guys is is always something that we we share with others and celebrate yeah. it as well
2: yeah i mean yeah, building sure. relationships with, with clients and and you know you and renee have been awesome and you know so supportive of us uh Uh, that's that's really important to me like you know somehow i dragged this guy along (laughs) with me (laughs) and he used to be my client um but the other thing that i loved about working with her is like all the stuff that she's for social you know whether it's social justice or women's sports or women's you know just helping women you know be more active in the community and stuff like that we love that we're all about that we're really proud of what we've done for the premier hockey federation which is awesome because they're the first women's league not to have a w in it we're working with the commissioner there ty she's awesome Um, we're able to brand the all-star game this year we're going to do the championship um uh, game as well it's co- really cool uh to have people play on your artwork uh, yeah. uh you know or, like actually you know make make uh make marks on your artwork with their with their skates um yeah. so i'm
0: sure that was yeah. a bucket but, list for you to check off right there
2: oh definitely definitely yeah. a bucket list. but yeah. no, i just i love being a part of the revolution for you know or evolution whatever you want to call it for, for women's sports i yeah. think it's it's awesome to see that the wnba is I mean, it's still so young. I mean, it's still only twenty five, what twenty five years now, yeah. um, and how it's becoming, you know, on the level with with these big boy sports, you know, for for the men. And 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 I think it's leading the way for these premier hockey federations and stuff like that to say, hey, we're as exciting to watch. We're you know we're as passionate, if not more passionate, about our sports. Um, so yeah, it was it was really cool working with you guys, uh, especially with her as she's so passionate about everything that she does
0: yeah definitely and i mean i know i don't i wish i kind of seen your guys behind the scenes because we didn't even know who we were getting like guess why we were just doing this all like independently getting the guests like reaching yeah, right. out like i was just like re i was like i was kind of surprised like these people were just saying yes and like i felt like it just kept on like, getting like crazier and crazier like each week of who we were getting on um so that was that was that that was just crazy and then yeah going to the the phf yeah it's it's cool to see that you guys were working with them too because uh i actually worked with um Anya Babolino now Anya Packer and Madison Packer. I work with Madison her wife now um, because I, I worked with uh, Anya when she was a player like five years ago. And now wow. I'm working with her wife. Which is, she's like one of the, one of the best players in the league, uh, five time all-star like going, I think she's only five time all-star. Um, so yeah, it's dope to see the evolution of that awesome. whole league. Yeah.
1: I'd yeah. Now cool. they're getting the money, which is, yeah, which is too, yeah. you know, long time coming and you see the the investments that, that were just made in the WNBA, um, it's just a start now. But what we're hearing from brands and other partners surrounding this is that there is a movement to um, showcase the, the female sports, not only showcase, but um, fuel them with the money that they need, right? Like to get on par with where the men are. And the ratings are proving that that is sustain- a sustainable and be fin- financially beneficial to the the partners. So there can't be this. Well, you know, the, the women's sports don't get the ratings. Well, we we've seen it with uh the final four and the women's tournament, and we've we're seeing it now with like what PHF is doing and, and making some headway there. So uh it's pretty exciting stuff. And I know some people um you know feel like, hey, this this should have happened a long time ago, and I totally agree, but to see now at least a full push with it and and our ability hopefully to play a small role in the creative process has been, has been pretty cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's why I, I, I mean, it's, I don't know if you guys seen it as well. Like uh, when I post like women's stuff, like it gets more engagement than the men's stuff on my socials. I don't know if you, if you sure. guys seen it, but like, or more interactions too, just with their, fans and supporters
1: phf for sure yeah Yeah, i i've following their engagement since we started working with them i'm like wow this audience is really into it they're Mm -hmm. really connected and i think in some ways that's a better relationship than maybe we're seeing with some of the other big time sports male generated sports with the nfl and the nba it's the disconnect is large um you know when i worked with the timberwolves it was it, it was small time in the sense that they didn't have obviously the fan base that, that the Knicks do, but some of the things that they were able to do to connect with the community on a daily basis and the players were more accessible. It's it's honestly sometimes a better fan experience. Yeah. And I think a lot of these sports are finding that um, they can connect better with their audience and their fans. And, and, and I think that's going to be proven over time that it, it could be financially more lucrative for them. And also uh, from uh, social content creation and connection, you can really, really get fans involved in a way that that the big leagues just can't do it.
2: NFTs started slow with women's but then it's starting to explode, you know? So I think it's all connecting. Um, yeah. And that the two, you know, revolutions or evolutions are, are going on at the same time. And again, I think that we're ready for a real explosion um, or, or probably already going through it, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And I want to go back to something because I didn't even know, maybe it might be embarrassing since I did work with you guys. I didn't even know the Heartland group that what you said, it was heart and talent. So could you explain more how you guys came up with that name?
2: Yeah, well, we went through two. So we we've branded ourselves within two weeks. Um, Keith came up with that name. Uh, I will give him that credit. That's the most creative thing he's done for us.
1: Um, Wow, I hope he doesn't listen to this.
2: (laughs) he's he's more operations but no he's a very creative guy too as well and i will give him like that was awesome like he and i i'm not even can i say the name that i had
1: <laughs> really Nah. Um,
2: <laughs> and i started doing the logos for that and then uh and uh you know it, it just didn't feel right and so when he came up with hey we should do heartland um at first it was healing which i didn't and i was and i will say i said we got to put the whole heart in it um so uh you know and and it the logo is just an H and a T cross, but it became this like X where it's crossing across and it get has this energy. And I made the colors red and orange, obviously for heart and talent, but also I want it to be a Phoenix. So it's actually our, our, our mascot, which uh, maybe one day I'll actually draw or whatever, is uh, is an actual Phoenix. Cause it's like rising up, rising up from COVID. You know, we came from a marketing agency that made a lot of cuts during COVID. And we, we wanted to ha- build a different, kind of we're not an agency we're a group we're a collective because you know when you have this this sense of agency I think that there's a lot of baggage that comes with it and a lot of expectations that you have to be a certain way and and we don't want to be that way we want to be someone that, that people really like to work with that we're not pushing stuff in your face we're trying to work with you collaborate with you work with the best people that bring on people that, that make the most sense for the project, whether it's working with a diverse artist or working with an artist that's a specific skill, you know, stop motion or 3D animation or whatever. Or when we worked with Renee on, on the NFTs, we wanted to have people represented from all over the world, all, you know, all different backgrounds, um, different sexes, ethnicities, you know, everything. Um, so, so, yeah, you know, we're always trying to find what the, what the best uh, solution for the project is. And I don't think you get that with big agencies. Yeah, um, I think it's more it's like the bottom dollar. How do we figure this out to make the most money?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, what about like what advice would you two give to like a young creator coming up?
2: I mean, you know, it's social media. Social media is 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 still very important, um, and keep posting even if you get two likes on a post. I I kill myself when when if I don't get much engagement, but it, it but it's it, it you hurt yourself uh, if if you if you do that. Just keep on, keep on keeping on, keep on making art, keep on posting it, keep on getting it out there. Um, someone will see. It, the best work does r- tend to rise to the top.
1: Um, I would say take advantage of the tools. Um, it's pretty incredible how many tools are available, a for free or at a fairly low cost. And you can build a studio in your apartment for not that much money. And you can create pretty high quality type of content. Um, And I think that, you know, find out what it is that you would, either what you want to say or what you want to be or what you want to create and lean into it. Um, Don't try to do too much in the beginning, you know, but every day continue it. You know, we talked about the podcast. I know we talked about a little bit earlier before we jumped on and started recording, but it's one of these things like, a lot of people drop off. I think, I forgot what the statistic is, right? But most people don't make it past like 10 episodes or even maybe less than that, right? There's, there's a pretty substantial number. And it's to me, it's one of those things like, just keep doing it. You're going to evolve with the content. It's not gonna be perfect the first time. Nobody is. It never is, right? But if you try to wait it out and say, no, I'm gonna wait till this is perfect before I go public. I don't wanna get made fun of. I don't wanna, you know, I'm worried about what people are gonna say. It'll never happen. It will just never happen and you're going to lose time and time is going to pass you by and so i would say for creators out there start putting out there start you know try try different things try different platforms what works best for you you know the worst thing you can do is feel like there's some sort of negativity coming your way and then and then you just stop and give up if you continue to go you'll get better um you know i taught myself video editing i was not in the beginning but i've continued over and over and over and over again and you, you get to a point where things start to click in a different way. And then you start finding solutions of how to do things and different ways to tell stories. So we're an amazing golden age of creators. And I'm blown away by some of these kids. And I can say kids because I'm old now that are doing awesome, awesome work. And if you're out there and you're like, I want to start, my biggest piece of advice would be just go and don't look back. Yeah. Keep going.
2: I, I got to jump in a minute, but, but I just want to reiterate on top of him. I think it says a lot of, about our uh, relationship that, and, and it says a lot about you, Paul, because you've, you've kicked our ass, but um, we're going to hit our 50th uh, episode on we need to be doing that, which is a plug. If people want to come to <laughs> it, Paul will be on we need to be doing that soon enough. Um, and, uh, you know, most people do three episodes. We got to uh, 50. Paul, you're at 500 or whatever, <laughs> um, but you know it, it just shows the testament. And, and you know, same thing with Renee. Like we got through a whole season, and now she yeah. got picked up. You know, like yeah. you never know. Like with podcasters too, keep going, go to 50 episodes, and see if you get picked up by someone because you might just. It's it's not just the it's not just the work. It's the worth ethic that you put behind it, and it's the consistency. Keep at it
0: all right jonah so how did you guys end up starting your podcast i know you guys have i think uh elliot just said almost 50 episodes yeah
1: yeah we're at 50 episodes it's actually a really funny story uh keith elliot and myself went to a nets game together and uh this one we were at the marketing agency and we there's ideas everybody's like i want to do a podcast i want to do a podcast i'm like guys do we have time do we have the resources like i'm gonna be editing it it's it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of work to do it. You know, the artwork, the promotion of it, everything that goes into it. And um, at the time we started to, to think about the idea and, of a podcast and what the name would be. Elliot always says, like, I would, I send him often like, hey, look at this piece of content. Look at this cool, like, video that this guy did or this artwork. And his reply all the time, and this is a text thread with Keith, Elliot, myself, is we need to be doing that. Yeah. So it's never like, hey, like, let's talk about that. How that? It's just like we need to be doing that. Everything is we need to be doing that. So we started joking around like that. That is the funny sort of way of approaching all of this content because it's like never ending, and we just got to do everything. So um, that we said, listen, it's a long name. I don't necessarily agree. It's it's something that you should do to have that kind of long name for a podcast title, but it just made so much sense. And then, you know, for us to bring on people in either the marketing world, athletes, content creators, um, you know, people in business of all walks of life. It's been really cool. And it's sort of under that umbrella of like, we like to listen to people and successful people and, and say to ourselves, well, we need to be doing that too. So that's how it all started. And um, yeah, now we're 50 episodes deep and, and just the most, and I, I'm sure you, you feel the same way. There's something about a podcast you bring on strangers and at the end of 30, 40 minutes after it, you almost feel like you're friends with them. And there's a connection that's been made. And, and since I've been doing content, you know, when I was at, at the Timberwolves and Knicks, I've always enjoyed interviewing people. Uh, It's one of my favorite things to do. And one of the things I kind of missed being away from the team, but uh, it's really been awesome to have these conversations on podcasts. And, you know, I think for people out there, if you're marketers or digital creators, we bring on a lot of smarter people than us to talk about these things so you know we need to be doing that.com there's a lot of great conversations there so feel free to dive in and get some some free tips and information
0: yeah no that's exactly how i feel too just like interviewing somebody and then just like you kind of i actually like interviewing people that i don't know because well most of the time sometimes i mean i've definitely had some bad ones i guess but um (laughs) some some interesting experiences but um but yeah like that's why it's like cool to um just connect with people in general and that's like the reason why i started one was just because i liked listening to them and i was like i know all these people like why not interview them and tell their stories and same thing like i like interviewing like all different types of people not just like athletes um and yeah i think it's just a just a cool thing to do and no i love i love your guys's name even though it is long but i think it's it's funny because i feel like a lot of people (laughs) could, could resonate with that
1: yeah yeah for sure it's 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 something that is you know it's like with anything and it's funny it's a weird way about like everybody's kind of chiming in about the commanders the washington commanders and i don't <laughs> i don't really necessarily like the name but i think it, it will become a name. People will then say like, Oh yeah, the commanders. That's it. just like Washington football team was like, Oh, I don't know about that. That's weird. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, I kind of like the Washington football team. So um, it was that way with, we need to be doing that. It wasn't necessarily something that I was like, oh, I don't know if it's catching up for a podcast, but it certainly explains sort of the dynamic between the three of us. So, so it's been cool so far.
0: Well, I appreciate you guys coming on and uh I could you let the listeners know where you could fo- follow you guys at and find you.
2: So, you can find us at uh, um, Heartland at Heartland. Um, so, that's, uh, uh, you know, Heart and then L E N T. Um, or you can find me at, at Elliot Gerard um, on Twitter and Instagram, same with uh, Heartland. Um, so, that's E L L I O T G E R A R D. I'm sure you'll put it in the notes. Um, and, uh, you know, Heartland.com um, or we need to be doing that.com um, is where you can find us on the podcast.
1: Yes, and you can follow me at Jonah Ballow, J-O-N-A-H-B-A-L-L-O-W. And it's Heartlink Group. That is where oh. you can find us on Twitter <laughs> Instagram. H-E-A-R-T-L-E-N-T Group. And uh, don't listen to Elliot. Let me uh, guide you to the places to find us. Heartlink.com. And uh, Paul, thanks again so much, man. This has thanks been a blast. So
2: much, Paul. This was a blast. There you go. Boom.